0: hey this is ken jay of the black light podcast welcome to my inaugural episode where i sit down and chat with spoken word artist savant Furlow. like a black light the black light podcast strives to shine light on talent and stories barely seen or heard if you're interested in sharing your story have a project to promote want to drop a note or are interested in sponsoring the show please send your message to blacklightpod at gmail.com with that being said let's start the show I'm sitting here in my first interview with my boy, my homie, a man that I have known for a little while. Actually, for it feels like I've known you forever, man. Yeah, it's been a while, man. It's been at least, what, six years, seven years?
1: About seven it's, years. It's been a while.
0: One of the most gifted and talented brothers, my man, Savant Furlow. What's, what's going on? What's going on, bro? What's How you doing on? today,
1: man? I'm chilling. I'm chilling
0: a little cold out here in the shop, but you know. Right, right, so man, when I first started when I wanted to start this podcast, you were one of the first guys to come to mind, especially when you uh you dropped that um sophomore CD. CD. Mm-hmm. that's yeah. I was like, man, I gotta get this brother, I gotta record this dude <laughs> because I wanna know some of the story behind some of the songs I heard, okay, you know, okay, you All know right. we but we're gonna get into that later, man, absolutely, absolutely, man, I, I appreciate
1: you. it,
0: yeah. So, I got some uh I got, you know, songs from your sophomore album that I want to play, but you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, man. I mean, where where were you born? Where you come from?
1: All right. Um originally I'm from Chicago. Okay. Uh born and raised uh West Side, you know, what's going on. Um pretty uh humble mm-hmm. upbringing, you know. Um mom and dad got divorced probably when I was around eight or nine and I stayed with mommy and my little brother, we stayed with moms. Uh, she brought us up. Of course, dad was always in the picture. You know, he was the, the weekend guy, you know, we went to his crib and watch movies from Friday till Sunday or, uh, he was the vacation guy. He would take us up to Wisconsin Dells. Uh, we drove down to Florida, you know, one summer. So, you know, Both of them were always in my life, but, you know, they got divorced and, you know, me and my little brother, we stayed with moms. Mm. So, you know, uh, most of my uh, experiences as a child came with her at my side, you know what I mean? Uh, So um, very uh, uh, Christian upbringing, Mm. you know, there was a church uh, that my family, my uncles, my great uncles, my aunts my mom my cousin everybody went to this this church on the south side what second church? second Mount Vernon Second Mount Vernon yeah second Mount Vernon uh, so came up in the church um, you might hear that in a couple of my lyrics okay um, uh, you know that's the kind of the upbringing that I had um, after I left the west side of Chicago uh, when I graduated from, Theodore Herzl Elementary School. I don't know where all the Herzl Bears are, but, you know, make some noise. (laughs) Uh, But then I went to uh, Lane Tech.
0: Lane Tech, okay.
1: Yeah, man, you know, it's it's really the only real high school in the city of Chicago, bro. The rest are just advanced elementary schools. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to be great, you got to go to Lane Tech. You know, shout out to Lane Tech, Myrtle and the Gold, where y'all at? So what what makes Lane Tech so much
0: better than other schools?
1: So when I was in elementary school, there were only a couple schools that were talked about. Lane Tech was one of them. I think it was number one in the city of Chicago at that time. Number two, of course, was Whitney Young. And then I think number three was Prosser. I think Prosser was up there pretty high as far as the public schools go. Okay. Now, you know, when you go into the private schools, it's, it's a different bracket. Now,
0: Dimetz, is that in there? It's up there. Steinmetz okay. is up there, but I do call Steinmetz I, okay. Yeah. I,
1: I I wasn't interested in Steinmetz. Okay. I was I I felt like I was good enough to go to the best school in the city.
0: So, <laughs> Land tech. Yeah.
1: So of course I had to, you know, manipulate some uh, geographical information in order to (laughs) so you did that on your own? Well, so like I mentioned Uh, earlier, you know, my my dad and my mom divorced. My father just happened to live in the in the yeah, in the area so that I was eligible to be a student at Lane Tech. So I made that my permanent address.
0: Uh, You know what you (laughs) you did what any creative brother would do.
1: (laughs) Right, right. So I had to, you know, take advantage of that opportunity.
0: So what did you enjoy about that
1: school, about Lane Tech? Uh, honestly, man, if if, if it, retrospect is 2020, you know they always say that, right? Right. I, I met some of the greatest people in my life during my high school experience. You know, uh, I call these guys my brothers. These were, you know, I played basketball at Lane Tech. You know, ran track, and um, those were the brothers that I uh, bled and sweat. And, and, and fought with, you know, uh, competitively. Uh, so a lot of those guys are still my best friends today. Okay. So if looking back, I would have to say that meeting the people that I met while I was at Lane Tech was the thing that I liked most. While I was there, quite honestly, bro, I liked that it wasn't in the neighborhood. Mm. You know, I'm leaving uh, – Roosevelt and Independence for the for the most part to go to Western and Addison. You okay. know, totally different environment, totally different feel, um, and I enjoyed that change of atmosphere. Okay. You know, get on that home and bus, ride all the way up to school. It's like a new world, and then you come back, and you know, and it's my dogs in the hood. You know okay. what I mean? So um, I like that 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 I got a different experience while I was in high school.
0: So your neighborhood was, I mean, was it a rough neighborhood?
1: Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. a suburban kid. so. <laughs> yeah, it was so, you know, not to give any credence to, as a matter of fact, I'm not going to give any credence to the, the, the street names that they called my neighborhood uh, because I don't want to glorify that. Okay. Uh, but it was the Lawndale area. Um, so uh, the high school that I think was closest to me was Collins.
0: Never heard of
1: it. Yeah, Collins was the the closest high school to where I lived, and then you know Marshall wasn't okay. far from there. Right. Westinghouse, you know, okay. those schools were closest to the Londell area, and you know, again, they they weren't on the top of the list. Right. Uh, and I felt like I was good enough to go to the to the best school. So,
0: you know, you did what you had to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So. Okay, of course you graduated. What, did you go to college? I did.
1: Uh, interesting story there. So um, while I was in high school, I actually didn't have a plan to go to college. Really? Uh, I was all set to take the, what is it, the ASVAP, mm-hmm. the, the, the test to go into the Army. I was all scheduled and ready to take that test to join the Army when a recruiter for a small school in Madison, Wisconsin, came to look at one of my teammates. At practice, they were recruiting him. And so the recruiter came into the gym, and he saw me down on the other end of the court, you know, just kind of shooting around, warming up before practice. And, you know, of course, before practice, you do whatever. So I'm down there just dunking, you know, just (laughs) slamming the ball or whatever. So he walks down there, and he's like, "Uh, hey, you you think you can dunk that ball with your left hand? Mm. And I was like, "Uh, I've never tried, but I'll give it a shot. So, you know, gathered myself, went to the rack, tried to dunk it with my left, missed it the first time. Second time, I went up there and jammed it left hand, right? First time I'd ever done it, and it was all because he recommended it. I would have never tried it if he hadn't said it. Right. So as soon as I did that, he said, "Uh, would you be interested in in playing some college ball? What? Let's see. Basketball, rifle. Basketball, (laughs) rifle. You know, I'm a... I'm going to go with the basketball. (laughs) You know, let's do that. Right, right, (laughs) right. So, uh, when I ended up going on a a visit to the school, me, and uh, actually two of the guys that played ball with me, we all, the three of us got recruited to play ball at that one school. And then another one of my teammates actually ended
0: up playing football at the University of Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. So, you, you go from chicago to wisconsin basically like the middle of nowhere really dude <laughs>
1: dude it was like culture shock up there so uh the school that i went to was called edgewood college edgewood, edgewood yep in madison wisconsin and uh the <laughs> the first thing that struck me man was the lack of concrete out there that campus was nothing but landscape trees and pathway it was beautiful there was a little um I think it was like a little lake right behind the school there was a zoo not a half a mile away from the school Okay it was beautiful out there and it was just where's the sidewalk <laughs> where culture shock number 2 <laughs> Yes exactly exactly <laughs> but again you know I was doing something that I loved doing which was playing ball Right uh it was a change of environment again you know not not the west side of Chicago definitely not and uh, it was a real interesting experience, bro, because uh, Edgewood College had a student body of 2,000. I think it was about 2,000 students there. So it's a relatively small school. Right. Uh, and of that 2,000, there were five African-American, African American, <laughs> including me. So four other African Americans. Uh,
0: and you all knew each other.
1: Uh, yeah yeah well well, three of us were on the basketball team so So, yes we did (laughs) yes we knew each other yeah
0: now i know in uh us knowing each other. I heard you, you rep Sigma, right? Yes. Okay. Five beta sigma. So how did you get down with that? How how did that all come about?
1: Oh wow. So uh let me fast forward past, you know, my college career at Edgewood. Um, okay. I wasn't really focused while I was there. Uh, okay,
0: yeah, I should have asked that. How how that went up there.
1: Oh, it was it was great. So, you know, the the athletic program was was off the chain, you know. We we won our conference every year that I was there. Uh, I actually they taught me the game you know I became a better ball player up there defensively especially but anyway uh, I wasn't really focused while I was up there I was doing just what was necessary to stay eligible to play ball so after I played my four years there I I wasn't ready to to get my degree because, again, I was just doing the bare minimum to stay eligible. I wasn't taking those extra classes. I wasn't doing summer school, you know. Uh, So after those four years, I ended up coming back to Chicago. Okay. And uh, I found a job at Menards. There was a Menards opening in Melrose Park. You came back. I came back. Yeah. 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 yeah, I left. Back back. Yeah. I I came back. (laughs) Okay. Got a job at Menards, man, and, and realized that I would not be able to sustain myself making $7 an hour. No. So I was like, you know what? I need to go back to school. So that's when I uh, um, signed up and went to Northern Illinois University. Mm. Yep. And, uh, you know the the main reason that i went to niu wasn't because uh it's great nursing program which i found out after the fact uh it's great education program which i found out after the fact i went there because the girl that i was dating at that time was a student at niu okay the only reason i went there only reason only well you know i needed to get my degree Okay. But the reason that school was chosen out of, you know, all the other schools that I could have gone to, Triton, U of I, Followed the Girl. Follow the girl,
0: man. Follow the girl. Story of my life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the girl. Follow the girl. Yeah. So um what was your major at a uh, well at Edgewood, starting there?
1: It it was always elementary education. Okay. Um I had that dream of, you know, going back to my neighborhood and being a, a positive role model. Mm. You know, I wanted the kids uh, from my old neighborhood to see that I came from where they are and they could be whatever they wanted to be. That that was my dream, Right. was to do that. So, um, you know, just jumping back to uh, Phi Beta Sigma, I met a couple of the bros while I was at NIU and uh, they stood out a lot more than Other organizations to me because of the brotherhood, you know they were tight. Mm -hmm. Everybody was cool with everybody, you know, no fighting. Everybody supported each other, and then you know our sorors, Zeta Phi Beta, uh, they were. It was like a family up there, Mm -hmm. and you know being away from home all of that time while I was up in Wisconsin, and now coming here to this new school finding a family environment like that with these brothers and sisters it was awesome man and that's why that's why i joined phi beta sigma right, right there
0: mm-hmm. i are you still active with them today
1: yes okay. yes i'm in uh one of the grad chapters from indy okay. cow um yep yeah. so i'm still active you know i got to pay them dues you know <laughs> dues dues still need to be paid but uh you know i still communicate with the bros and you know right. hang out every once in a while but you know uh, it's some exemplary brothers, you know, uh, in the organization that's keeping things, that's holding things down. You know, I need to step my game up a lot as far as that's concerned. But you know, it you was know, a
0: great chapter, Hollywood, e.g. Back in the day, I had a I have a friend named Henry Flores, and back in the day, well, he wasn't he was in college. Mm-hmm. I was grown with married with kids and all that. Right, right. But he was a Sigma, and okay. I was like, okay. If I could be, if I could ever pledge in life, <laughs> that's what I would be. Right. But right. then as I got older and I started telling people, you know, when I went back to school and everything, people thought I should be an alpha.
1: Okay. And I'm okay. like, nah, I'm
0: good. <laughs>
1: did, did, did anybody ever give you a reason why they thought you should be an alpha?
0: You know how it is, man. People, they, they see a certain type. Exactly. And, and they think you fit that mold. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But that, that wasn't really the case. Right, you know, but I, I saw my boy Henry, and he invited me to a couple of his um, what's those called step shows? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And um, you know, they, they walked the line and did all that. You know, oh, I could do that. <laughs> I could get out there and do that. Uh, you know, yeah. but uh, uh-huh. I just I, I learned I admired the sigmas through him.
1: Gotcha. you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
0: if I could ever go back in life again, I think that's what I would do. I would do that for sure.
1: Hey, it ain't over, bro. It ain't <laughs> over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm a little long in the tooth <laughs> for that now. <laughs> but you know, my daughter, she she's Zeta. Oh, okay. That's yeah. right. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. She she yeah. played Zeta in man. the family. So yeah, she's in the family.
1: That's a brilliant girl, I must say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, she gets it from her father. So. <laughs> it's in the genes. I got it. I got it. But that's cool, man. So now going from college and all, how did you get to, you know, where well, we met up? We met up at a company. I'm not going to say the name. Right. But right. It, it rhymes with uh, <laughs> Chrome Trast, <laughs> 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 Right. So
1: um, uh, once I graduated from NIU um, and I came back to Chicago, of course, you know, like most people, I didn't go right into my field. Um Actually, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I taught for a year, bro. Mm. One year. How did that go? Sixth grade, the teacher before me walked out and never came back. Okay. Inner city school? The school that I graduated from, Herzl. I went right back to my elementary school, right back to my neighborhood to try and fulfill that dream.
0: Trying to give back. Yes.
1: Yes. I was man. Chest poked out and everything, like, man, I'm gonna love on these kids like they ain't never been loved on before. Right. Sixth grade, and it was nothing like I expected it to be. Man, when we were in school, when I was a kid, we liked school. It was fun going to school. You know, we would see our friends, recess was popping, gym was popping, the race is home after school, We're gonna make it home right as soon as that bell rang. It was a Wow, it was like the start of a you know 100 yard dash, you know right. what I mean. The kids did not want to be there. Mm. Um, they had so many distractions, bro, so many um, that it was more than just teaching. It was more than just instruction. It was uh, social work. It mm. was child rearing. it was redirection. It, it took so much. Just to get through that year, and I'll tell you a quick story. Um, some the, the, the turning point for me in that experience was report card pickup. One of the parents came to pick up their child's uh, report card with a, a pint of gin in their back pocket. Wow. And, you know, reeking of alcohol. And uh, I thought to myself, man, you know, if... If this parent is coming up to the school like this, just imagine what this child has to deal with at home. Right? How, how do I help them to focus on plotting coordinates and all of these lesson plans that I have that are important to me when they're dealing with situations like that at home?
0: Real life issues. Real
1: life issues. And, and you know, it kind of opened my eyes and made me feel like, honestly, I wasn't prepared to help them, I didn't feel like I was uh, educated enough or experienced enough to really help them through those types of life experiences. Sure, I could teach them how to two plus two is four. I could teach them all of the basic stuff, you know, how to read and you know contextual c- clues and all these types of things. But how to survive in in those types of environments? Uh, how to make good decisions, you know, how to um, analyze information. You know, these were things, these were areas where I really felt like I couldn't help these kids. And because I felt like I wasn't helping them, I felt like I was hurting them. If I couldn't give them everything that they needed, then I'm not doing my job. And, And so that's how I ended up at The place where we met. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can imagine, man. Um, You're saying, like, the children, I mean, not only they're dealing with it at home, I mean, they go from school, they didn't have to deal with the streets. Right. You know, the pools of that environment, go home and deal with that environment. Absolutely. Then back to the streets and then back to the school and then they so much in between. Oh man! I mean, it's like like you're fighting a losing battle. It
1: it felt that way. Right. It felt that way. On top of you know all of the administrative stuff that you have to do as a teacher, you know, grading papers, report cards, talking to parents, you know, all of that stuff, the normal stuff. Then you add on all of that emotional. Uh, you know social type uh stuff that you're dealing with it was it was it was tough man it right. was tough tougher than i thought it was going to be so what well, did you resign or what how did that go uh after that school year i just didn't go back i just didn't go back
0: <laughs> you did what the sixth the other guy did
1: not really you know i want to give myself a little bit more credit cuz 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 he walked out at the beginning of the school year <laughs>
0: Ooh, yeah
1: yeah yeah he walked out when it's like I think they told me he was there 2 weeks into the school year and just left and never came back. So I at least feel pretty good about fighting it out you until the end there. of the right to the end of the school year. I tried to bond with my kids. You know, something that I learned in that experience too was, you know, I started off loving on them, you know, being the nice guy. And once they saw that I was a softy, you know they kind of you know kids know how to play that game you know they started to take advantage of me and i learned from some more experienced instructors that you start off strict and then you kind of loosen up you know you start off you know setting the rules then you can ease up a little bit it sounds like you were a surrogate father i was trying to be Yeah. yeah yeah i was trying to be man and um one conversation I had with well, there was there were a couple really really bright kids in my in my in my class and one of the kids um, he had he didn't know it I noticed it he had so much influence on everybody else mm-hmm. you know they pretty much the the children played off of his cues so if he was paying attention everybody else in the class was gonna pay attention if he was Cracking jokes and playing and having fun, and everybody else was going to crack jokes. Hmm. And So I pulled him out of the classroom one day, and I said, hey, man, I don't know if you realize this, but you have power. You have a lot of power. And he kind of looked at me like, what, what are you talking about, dude? You know?" And I broke it down for him. I said, if you pay attention, people follow you. People admire you and want to do what you're doing. So if you are focused in class, if you watch, if you go back in here right now, it was a setup. You know, I was trying to set them up. (laughs) (laughs) If you go back in this classroom and you sit and pay attention to what I'm teaching, I guarantee everybody else is going to do the same thing. And he kind of gave me the side eye. But when we got back in class and he did it, everybody was in line.
0: Right. Yeah
1: planted that seed and i tried to man and i I, you know i still think back right now i wonder if he if he ever got the concept of what i was trying to say about him dude you you have your personality draws people people want to follow you he could be a great leader man you ever think about being a mentor um kind (laughs) of i say kind of because i have a kind of a twisted sense of humor so, you know. What's wrong with that? Well, you know, most mentors, you know, they 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 kind of straight and narrow. They kind of. No, man. No,
0: no, no, I got it. I got no. it mixed up. You got it mixed
1: well, up. Well, you can tell I didn't have many mentors.
0: <laughs> 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 no, man. I'm a mentor, I mean, like, you saw something in him, and you, to a degree, provided a safe place. Sure. You he said, hey, man, I see this in you. Why don't you go in there and try that? And, he, you know, he did that. He's like, oh, man, this, this old man knows something. <laughs> and that's pretty but, much all it is. Right, yeah.
1: right. Well, yeah, there were definitely people throughout my life that did that for me. Right. You know, told me that I could. It was really just me that, that believed that I couldn't. I, mm-hmm. I didn't have, you know, I had great grades when I was in elementary school, decent grades when I was in high school, but it was self-doubt. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that I was great. I didn't think that I was awesome. I thought I was a cool dude, you know, kind of laid back or whatever. But I didn't think of myself on a grander scale. Everybody else did. My moms, my dad, you know, babysitters, teachers. Everybody was like, James, savant. Right. You can be whatever you want to be. I don't know about that.
0: And it's so cliche, but it's true. (laughs) It is.
1: Right. It is, dude. It is. Right now, I tell you, right now, I believe that I could – I don't know about the NBA. Again, I'm going to sell myself short. (laughs) I don't know about the NBA, but I could be killing overseas right now if I really believed in myself when I was playing ball. Right. Mm No, man. I I was a role player. I'm going to do what the coach say do. Mm -hmm. It was plenty shots that I passed up uh, that I knew I could have hit. You Mm -hmm. know, it was plenty of things that I wanted to do on the court. I wanted to dunk on marks. I wanted to – three sixties whatever I want to do it but the coach that wasn't part of his scheme right so I'm gonna do what the coach say do so that I could stay on the court you mm-hmm. know but if I had pursued that stuff and really went after
0: it you know tell him where I'd be right now playing ball so when you recognize that I mean do you push yourself to go to do better now or to be greater i should say uh
1: absolutely okay. I would say that this dream that I had for making music right is that You know, you know, physically as an older man, you know, my basketball dream, my hoop dreams, Mm -hmm. you know, are more like daydreams. (laughs) they, They come and go quickly. Right. But there are other things that I've wanted to accomplish in my life and making music and writing and poetry. All of that has always been in me. So, you know,
0: becoming savant furlough was me pushing myself to that next level. So let's switch gears. Let's go into that. Sure. You mentioned savant. How did you come up with the name savant? Okay. so Furlough. Right, right. So, <laughs> So again, you,
1: you're talking to someone who, you know, was uh, very well-read. And uh, there was a term back in the 80s, 90s that they used a lot called the idiot savant. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idiot savant was supposedly a person who, you know, was not necessarily good at a lot of things, but certain things they were great at. You know, they were geniuses at this one particular thing, but everything else they couldn't quite get together. Mm-hmm. So I took the savant part, the genius part of that term, and then I took furlough. The word furlough, um, as it's properly spelled, uh, is. Um, If you work for the state, you work for the city, you get furlough days, you get days off, you know, where you still get paid, right? So I took that term and I changed the way it was spelled uh, and made it cool, you know, like if I was. Spitting on the mic, I would have on a fur jacket and just be laying
0: low, <laughs> okay. you know. That, that kind of dude, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, I was that dude. <laughs> you know, I, I get that imagery <laughs> when I listen to your stuff. <laughs> now nah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay,
1: yeah, so I put, you know, furlough, savant furlough, put it together. There it is. So my writing is my savant furlough, my okay. writing is my great escape. It's my excellent escape from the everyday world. What I write on paper, what I put on these CDs is me getting away from the world. You can't help but reference the world that we live in, but that's not what my writing was for. You know, occasionally I would have to, you know, incorporate some of the things that I was seeing into what I was writing, but I really did it to
0: get away from it all. So that's where the name came from. Savant Furlough. Yes, sir. All right, well, we're going to dig into some tracks here. And I'm just going to play like a few seconds. Okay. And if you could just tell me where your head was or what you were thinking or what was going on during the time of those tracks, man, that'd be dope. Okay. All right. Couldn't do that. All right, so the first one I'm going to play, of course, is uh, one that I have part of. And that's Mm -hmm. that's love, L-O-V-E. Love. So uh, I'm just going to play it. And if you could tell me just what's going on.
1: I ain't had love since love had me in the back of the club, wondering what would happen when the lights came up. Would I be able to ask her what her name was or would she be long gone? So I'm going home alone. While I was in my zone, she called my name So I came to find out everything I was thinking about She was thinking the same thing about me She didn't want to leave the club without me So we agreed to spread our wings Racing ahead to the nape of her neck Laying and waking in bed The blankets covering everything of my lovers Except that one leg The thought of touching it danced in my head I reached out my hand and that's when she said I gotta go I'm running late This might sound fake but I never felt this way before She kissed my forehead and walked out the door Man, I hope I found what I was looking for huh?
2: I wanna give you the stuff dreams All right, and made Alright man, so have, what was going on
1: like in this one? So I have to tell you, uh, the production I gotta give credit to the production on this song because uh, I actually am more of a track writer. Okay. I get inspired by the things that I hear. And when I heard the track, I knew that I wanted to do something to it. I just didn't know what. I was okay. like, man, this is real smooth. I could definitely hear you know, some poetry to it. Uh, not necessarily any other genre like rap or you know R&B or anything like that. In my head, mm-hmm. I heard poetry. So, you know, the whole concept of love was there were a few individuals that when I first started doing spoken word poetry that were um, big influences. Uh, number one was a lovely lyricist who features on this track with me. Uh, you know her as well. Yeah, I know her. Yes. Uh, she actually was the first person to encourage me to come out and start doing my poetry. Okay. At open mic, she was the first person to do that. So I wanted her to be a part of this project simply because of that. The the person that she introduced me to on the poetry scene was Black Ice, right? You know who is well known on the poetry scene in Chicago and and abroad even. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, for for doing his thing, and you know, he was such a big name, and you know, such a, a talented performer, not just a poet but a performer. Um, I wanted him to be a part of this as well. And then the first young lady that that I saw at an open mic that was spitting so raw, man, lyrical paradigm. I was just amazed, not just at her flow, but her stage presence, too. It kind of like, man, I couldn't look away from her. Now, now, you know, I can go ahead and say that she's beautiful. I can say that. You know.
0: she's fine.
1: Yes, indeed. She, she's fine. Yeah. And she had flow. And she had flow. So I, I, I asked if she would be a part of this project as well, and she said that she would. And I was like, okay, we got it. Right. So, you know, we we all took turns. We went in there and we laid our stuff down
0: and it and it came out fantastic. I couldn't be happier with the way it came out. Man, when you let first let me hear it. I think I heard lyrical paradigms verse first. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I was just in love. I was in love. <laughs> I want to give you stuff. The dreams are made of when we make love. And I, yeah, she was snapping. I, she was snapping. I'm
1: like, who was this? So let me tell you something about that. I went back to her like, hey, how you gonna get on my track and kill me on my own track? What's, what's up with that? You know, we, we laughed about it. Not to this day, I tell everybody that 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 her verse was my favorite verse on on our collab
0: i think all of y'all brought fire man y'all all all brought fire each of you brought your own thing and you added something to it man yeah Mm -hmm. but uh that's what i was gonna ask you so in the beginning you said um i ain't had love since love had me in the back Mm -hmm. of the club wondering what so Mm -hmm. what was going on what what's
1: happening in that scene so um in the scene the way i imagined it is you know um god kind of in the club, in the spot, you know, where we usually just chilling out and meeting people, you know, maybe uh, just just recovering from a breakup, something. And so I'm reminiscing on the fact that I haven't had love currently in my life since I found this girl at the club. Okay. Since love had me at the back of the club, wondering what would happen when the lights came up. So, you know, at the end of the night, when the lights come mm-hmm. up, when you can really get a look at people, you know, because, you know, the, you got the beard goggles on, you got the darkness, you got a lot of stuff working against you.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could choose poorly. But I got a story about that. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <though. laughs> so, you know, I was wondering what was going to happen when the lights came up. You know, I saw a couple faces. I saw this one chick, mm-hmm. and she was looking at me just like I was looking at her. You know, we kind of connected a little bit, and it turned out that... She was feeling the same way I was. Okay. She didn't want to leave a club without me. She, mm-hmm. want, she wanted, to, wanted us to go somewhere together so we could talk or, you know, get to know each other, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I fast forward from the point where we meet and we decide to spend some time together to an uh, imaginary scene where I'm sitting next to her and she's resting. She's sleeping. And I'm looking at her laying in the bed. And I'm like, wow, she's beautiful. And I want to touch her. But I don't. And as soon as I reach to touch her, she wakes up. She's like, I gotta go. And she kisses me on the forehead and she's gone. Okay. So ultimately, it was a search for something that really wasn't there. Mm. So in my portion of the song, I'm talking about just a guy looking for love and and in the wrong place. You know what I mean? You, you don't really go to a club looking for love. And that's what I did. And I met somebody. And I was left there alone okay. by the end of it. So the story I was telling wasn't necessarily a love story that where it had a happy ending. Mm-hmm. It was more of a, what I thought was love, but now she gone. So
0: the one question in my mind is, did y'all hit? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just messing with you, man. <laughs> so you know, there's a,
1: but with poetry, <laughs> You don't want to be so explicit. You want to leave something for the imagination. There you go. So, you know, if people wanted to fill in the blanks with however their night might have gone you. if they were there. Gotcha. Then then that's what's up.
0: I mean, that, because that's what I was thinking. I'm like, okay, so did they have <laughs> sex or did they not?
1: Yeah. I, I can't say tell. I <laughs> say in there, racing ahead to the nape of a neck. Laying and waking in bed. Right, right. So how we got there, maybe we were drunk and she just needed to lay down. You know, it didn't mean that there was any physical, you know, activity other than me looking at the nape of her neck right. neck, and looking at her leg while she was laying. I didn't, right. I didn't do nothing, man. Yeah. I ain't do nothing.
0: Yeah, I'm a man, man. You know, <laughs> sometimes we... we uh we uh, catered to our base selves. Absolutely, you know. Absolutely, but that's what I was wondering. Like, uh, so is he saying? This? What <laughs> I think he's saying? <laughs> no, nah, but that, that that was a good poem, man. I, I was really feeling that, of course, because I did the music. Yes, sir. You know, shout out to myself. Shout out to Ken J. <laughs> yes, sir. More but, more uh, of that to come too. More of that to come. But uh, let's let's go into the next song, man. The next one that really stood out to me. Oh, this one here, bro. This is the one. I said, I got to talk to this man. I need the story. Okay. All right, and this is called Domestic.
1: So I'm sitting there in the kitchen listening to what sounds like this nigga hitting my mama. And as I'm listening to what might be kicking, I couldn't be calmer. Nah, that ain't my mama in that room begging for him to stop. He's gonna come to his senses soon, but he did not. The sound of it all woke me from a deep sleep. Daddy was already gone, so I had to be a bit more than 13. My mother's moans crept into my room and peeled my frosting-covered cartoon eyes open to reality. Every ending ain't happy, and this was going to be his end if he was putting his hands on my mama. Who knows how long it was going on before it woke me up. I climbed out of bed in the darkness. Quietly, I tiptoed into the kitchen and as I gently placed each step on the floor, my mama would cry once more. So I'm sitting there in the kitchen, thinking of all the things I'ma do to him when he comes out that door. I'm so slick that I left the lights off. He wasn't gonna see me coming and when he was done with my mama, I was gonna stick him right in his gut. I was going to look in his surprise eyes while he was still alive and then dice his ass up. I mean, that's how they do it on TV, right? I think they call it mince meat. Yeah, that's what I would be making. And I promise that all this time I'm taking to describe it is about the same amount of time I took while this dude was doing something to my mama behind that bedroom door. I should have stopped it right away. I should have taken that blade and slayed. I should have been more brave. Instead, I sat in that one place, afraid. I was just afraid. I had armed myself. I had created a plan. I'm in the kitchen listening to my mother screaming, but I didn't have the courage to stand up and be a man. I'm sitting there dreaming about what I was going to do. When my uncle came running through the apartment, he banged on the door and demanded dude to unlock it. He flicked on the kitchen light, then he turned to see his nephew was sitting in the darkness with a knife, positioning himself to take a life, to bring about doom. And you know what he did? He took the knife away and sent me to my room. My uncle was the one that saved the day. When it was time for a serious step to be made, He was a man. I just wanted to play.
0: Man, what was that all about?
1: So, uh, true story. True story. Uh, That was an experience in my life uh, when I was a kid. Um, Woke up to just as the piece describes you know woke up hearing some noises in the house you know went to investigate and uh... you know i could hear some stuff going on in my mom's bedroom mm-hmm. and you know i knew what it was Um and uh... the next few minutes was me trying to figure out what i was going to do. you know it's my mom in there i gotta do something i gotta do something okay. uh... but the truth of the matter was that i was i was just a kid
0: and how, how old were you doing this?
1: I was probably twelve or thirteen, right. some, somewhere around there. So, so not a baby, right. uh, old enough to understand that what was going on in there, old enough to devise a plan for murder, because right. <laughs> uh, that's what I was doing in my head while I was sitting there. Man, I was thinking about all the all of the stuff that I could do to this dude for, for hitting my mom, or for, you know, for touching my mom.
0: Right. So the antagonist here, is he uh this is your stepfather or a uh,
1: boyfriend? Just a, just somebody my mom was dating. Yeah. 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 Just, just, just somebody my mom was dating and you know, he, he, he had a troubled life, you know, mm-hmm. not to provide any excuses for him, but you know, things impact us all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I didn't. I didn't care about what else was impacting him at that time. It was just the fact that he was hurting my mom, right. or, or what it sounded like hurting my mom through that door. Uh, I never opened the door. I, I never went to the door. I never banged on it. I never did nothing with the knife that I sat there and plotted to, you know, stab him with. I sat there. I sat there and I listened to what was happening. And every time I heard my mom make a noise, it enraged me even more so I don't know if I was waiting to get to you know how the 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 teapot you know when it finally gets to the boiling point
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know
1: if I was waiting for that moment um but before I could even get there my uncle who uh, was living with us at the time he heard the noise all the way in the front of the crib okay and came all the way to the back and he he got right to it okay so you know Again, back to retrospect, when I look back at my behavior at that time, you know, of course, I'm going to bash myself a little bit for not doing anything. But at the same time, I'm a kid. Right. And I even confess in the piece, I was just scared. I was scared. While I was thinking of all of the cartoons that I had seen, where all this violent stuff had happened, you know, people dropping anvils on each other and dynamite in in shorts, all of this stuff that I'm thinking of what I'm going to do to hurt this dude. I was just afraid at right. that time, and, and luckily, thankfully, you know, my uncle was there, a real man, mm-hmm. was in the house, right. you know, to come in there and handle that situation, so, yeah, that's what
0: happened. I mean, plus you were 12, I mean, you yeah. you were a child and really not yet a man, so even if you, if you had bust in there, I mean, you probably would have stabbed him a couple of times, yeah.
1: but it could have went the wrong way could have went the wrong way absolutely absolutely and and i think that's why my uncle took that knife from me and sent me like right. go 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 back to your room right you know what i'm saying cuz it really could have this was all in my head you know i i wish a 12 year old would come at me <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> as a grown man this right. it's, it's not going to go the way they thought
0: right. <laughs> and that's probably how it would have been with me man but so i' I'm, I'm just curious, did your mom continue seeing him after that? uh
1: I think she did. I think she did it was it It might have been a few years later that okay. you know they they totally you know stopped dealing with each other okay. uh She felt something for him. You know, I never quite understood it. Women, man. Love, love, love. You know what I mean? It. it
0: you know, women—they put up with a lot more stuff than we put up
1: with. Dude, you know? <laughs> do. I think it could be because they're nurturers, man, yeah. and they—they—they want to help us. You know, if they see us in a bad way, they want to heal us. And uh, he needed—he—he he needed somebody to love on him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And. You know, I don't know what it was that she was getting from the relationship, but you know, she stayed in it for a while before she decided that it wasn't gonna work for her. Okay. Yeah. I've been in the game for a little over a year now, and I'm not so sure if I'm just a poet. I know that when my pen catches the wind, it's hard to control it, especially when the wind is a. just that something happens when the track leans back over the axis of amps and speaker magnets. Tweeters cracking, got the people all standing on their feet to start clapping like Gabby
2: just did a backflip. Back flip. And that quick, I'm off
1: into another zone, off into another flow that feels like home. As far as the beat goes, it oftentimes regulates my pros. So the a track writer. Soul the is my beach, um, the beach was actually my the first song that I worked on after I finished um, my first CD, which was uh, Unorthodox. Okay. And, uh, you know, once again, uh, my producer, Ty Hill, he was just playing this track, and I was like, wow, I like that. You know, the young lady, uh, or the lady, I should say, that's singing in the hook. You know, it sounds like she's saying, "so." Right. So um, that kind of inspired me because I kind of felt like um, in the Chicago poetry scene, I wasn't that well known yet. Um, I was kind of new to the scene. But when I dropped that CD, so I figured people will probably start to hear my name and, and see me perform at certain venues and that their response to my performance or my artistry would be like, so... You know, oh you you do spoken word, so oh you you you, you, you got beats, so you know because everybody that I had heard about that was on the scene was pretty well established, already had their following and I was just coming out of nowhere. okay. So I took that that idea of people's attitudes being so and worked it into a, a, a piece where I'm talking about basically uh, that fine line, in between uh, spoken word and hip hop, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say rap because again, in in the song I say I'm not a rapper. I right. say that in the beginning. I'm I'm really not a rapper, but I love to write and I love music. So you know, uh, if you if you listen to the pioneers of hip hop and rap, they'll tell you that rap is rhythm and poetry. Right. You know, what I'm saying that's what they'll describe it as. And so in the song, so. On the sophomore CD, I'm really just talking about. Uh, I'm I'm going back and forth between a spoken word kind of delivery right. and a more hip hop fast paced delivery. Right. Yeah. As the beat
0: changes. Right. The beat. The beat does switch up. Shout yeah. out to the producer on that <laughs> man because that was dope. Yes,
1: indeed. Yes, indeed.
0: Now you got a a, a movement <clears throat> of sorts going on on Facebook. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, called. Uh, Was it Dear Black Women?
1: Dear Black Women.
0: Hashtag
1: Dear Black Women. Hashtag Dear Black Women. So what's what's up with that? So um, last year in February, there was a movement, uh, Hashtag Dear Black Men. And uh, it had a lot of steam behind it. I saw a lot of posts last year uh, where the ladies were kind of, you know, uh, giving shouts out to the brothers uh, kind of encouraging us and saying, you know, really awesome things about the brothers. You no, know, of course, you got your people that just can't help but be negative. Like, when I call, dear black men, when I call you, why don't you pick up the phone? You know, wow. you can't, <laughs> you, you're not gonna be able to avoid those. Okay. But I think the whole purpose of the, I, I don't know where the idea originated from, but I think the whole purpose was just kind of us uplifting one another. And it started with the sisters uplifting. The brothers. Mm-hmm. So this year, uh, somebody on Facebook um, or, or somebody in the Chicago poetry scene might have mentioned that it would be cool if we flipped the script this year and did "Dear Black Women." And I was like, you know what? I can I, I could go for that. That that would be cool if we you know uplift the sisters and you know speak positivity to them and you know uh, just let them know we got their backs. Mm-hmm. So that's where it all came from. So every day I try to post a Dear Black Women uh, hashtag, Dear Black Women stat on Facebook. Right. What kind of
0: feedback have you been getting for that?
1: Uh, This is honestly the most traffic... I've gotten (laughs) on my Facebook page uh, since I've had Facebook. Really? Oh, man. Um, I think that uh, the ladies that are checking in on my stats are, you know, um, I think they're just looking for that positive. Affirmation? Yeah, that positive affirmation, that, that positive energy. You know, I can't help but, you know, crack a couple jokes every once in a while because that's just my character. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I try to do it in a positive light. Um, I have caught some other hashtag Dear Black Women stats out there floating around. Not everybody's on board, but the few that I've caught, you know, there's a couple that are a little bit more abrasive. Mm. And because I am not very abrasive, I'm kind of... You know laid back mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm trying to be more not trying to be I am showing more of my sensitive side in these uh, okay. hashtag dear black women stats
0: yeah I've saw I've seen yours and they come across more as a salute to black women and that's what I wanted it to be yeah yeah
1: I, you know and some of it I think there was one I did um where I said uh hashtag dear black women if you acknowledge all that I am and all that i can be before you point out where i'm weak i'll receive it better mm. so that one was kind of a little hint to them like hey if right. you're trying to if you if if you want to give us some feedback we'll receive it better if you don't just go in on oh you ain't you know you ain't working you ain't doing this or you ain't doing that if if you acknowledge the kings that we are right and you acknowledge that we could take over the world if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. That'll put us in a better position where we could receive that feedback and and see it as feedback versus criticism.
0: You had one, it was a uh, man, it resonated with me. Dear black women, I apologize for not loving you because I didn't love myself or something yeah, something along yeah, that line. I yeah, was like, yeah, ah, yeah. that's deep <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. it it, it rangs true. Yeah. You know, I didn't really appreciate and love my wife until I started loving myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I got that.
1: Yeah. The true the true expression of love uh has to come from within and if you don't love yourself, you can't really show it to anybody
0: else. But you know, who teaches men or black men really, especially black men, how to love ourselves?
1: Ooh. Um uh,
0: mama? Mama.
1: <laughs> mama? Mama. Cause, cause, Dad ain't, uh, dude. Honestly, I think my father told me one time, my entire life, that I can recall.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: That he loved me. Okay. With the words, "I love you."
0: With, with the word "love" in the sentence. In the sentence <laughs> right, right. It wasn't, a,
1: it wasn't a pat on the back. Good job, son. You know, okay. love you. No, it wasn't like that. You You know what I mean? You You know how you know the brothers? You know we 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 kind of struggle with those uh, expressions, you know, because we don't want to appear weak Mm. or vulnerable. You know, always got to be strong, always got to have that strong front. Uh, And my father, he 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 was like that, you know, kind of strong, reserved, nonchalant, laid back, and so the whole thing occurred because my mother told me. I needed to tell my father that I loved him. Mm-hmm. T- tell you, tell your daddy that you love him. I'm like, I ain't I'm gonna do, do that for <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm to do that. I ain't finna do that. I think I might have been man, 12, 11, something like that. Real young. It was painful. Really. She was like, you tell your father you love him. So we standing on the front porch, and my dad's standing there. and He's waiting. You know, like. Why do we even have to, right, right, why do we even have to go through this? You know, his mom got him, forcing him to say something that he right. don't really feel like saying. So I know he felt some kind of way about it. And I finally just, you know, I love you. He just gave me one of those. <laughs> 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 he gave me the lip smack, you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: he was tasting himself. Like, come on, man. So,
1: so. Honestly, dog, I knew that my father loved me through his actions. He didn't right. He didn't have to say the words to me. Right. Um, but it was mom that understood how important it was to actually say those words and to actually hear those words. Dad was more of a, I'm going to show you. It was actions speak louder than words. The fact that I'm here, the fact that uh, I support you, the fact that I come to all your basketball games. Right that's letting you know I love you. I right. don't have to I don't have to say those words. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, in my household, matter of fact, I don't recall any man really ever telling me, he loved me, mm-hmm. except at church, right? You no, know? right. But that was more of a, a brotherly love, absolutely. You know, that wasn't a fatherly love. You know, yeah. So yeah, yeah. My, my dad, he's like, hey, you, you got lights, don't you? <laughs> you got clothes, don't you? Love. That's love. <laughs> you, you can eat, can't you? That's love. And he didn't even say that. It was just implied. You yes. know. Yeah. Fill in the blanks. Right. Dude, you know, I love you because you living. You right. know. Mm. <laughs> you alive. You're
1: right. Right. But
0: yeah, man, I, I like that campaign you have going. Yeah, that, man. Uh, it's
1: fun. Dear black women, yeah. Yeah, I like it's that. fun. A lot like I said, a lot of that's the most traffic that I've gotten. Uh I will be honest and tell you around um, February twelfth, mm-hmm. you know, I started running out of material, like, man, what what am I gonna put on tomorrow's dear black women? You know, mm-hmm. what am I gonna say? And so it got to a point where I started uh exposing myself a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. some of my inner thoughts and my inner feelings. And I think once I started doing that, people started paying even more attention. Like, oh, this brother is really saying some stuff. It's not just something that's catchy. He's really saying some stuff um, that it's possible men feel. And I think that's why uh, people kind of tuned into it and and checked it out, you know. Uh, But it's cool, it's cool it's cool how long do you think you're gonna keep that going well i was just gonna do it for the month of february Mm -hmm. you know i was just gonna do it for black history month you know to kind of uh you know gird up the brothers and sisters you know during this month you know so um i don't know if it's gonna keep going after that Mm -hmm. Uh, it probably could uh i might change it though if i'm gonna keep it going i might change it from just being you know hashtag dear black women and just do something else, you know, something that's just motivational and not specific to just our sisters. Okay. You know.
0: Were you doing one before? I don't, I don't recall. I think I recall you doing something for your son or towards your son. Wait, did you do anything like that?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so with my son, uh, I was using Facebook as kind of um, a history okay that's what you're doing okay. <clears throat> for for my son leaving leaving uh uh breadcrumbs if you will into right. who i was what okay. my character was uh through facebook because i believe that you know in the future um technology will get to the point where people will be able to access you know your page and my page you know based on dna you know get a fingerprint scan oh you're the you're the child of you know, Ken J, Kenneth Jackson, here's his uh, Facebook timeline, here's his Instagram account, you know, you can, so I felt like my son in the future will be able to see my timeline and I could leave him messages. I could say things directly to him, hey son, know your surroundings. You know how many times, you know, you've been in the hood and you with your father and he tells you, know your surroundings. Tell you how to put your dukes up and all of this kind of stuff these messages that I leave for my son, I address to him, hey, son, mm-hmm. you know, to get his attention and whatever it is, whatever the message is that I want to leave him, I'll put it on my Facebook page. Okay. Um, and I know it's a little extreme, but I really believe that the act, the, the, um, access to information is only going to increase as technology gets more and more, you know, uh, advanced. Right. So, uh, and I and one of the things that kind of motivated me to do that is uh, I would love to hear my father's voice right now. If, if you know, if I could hear a message from him, right. even if it was something that I was reading, it would be awesome to kind of get into my father's head a little bit and look, what kind of music did he listen to? What did he like? You know, what kind of stuff? What was the kind of things that, events that he went to? Because, you know, on Facebook you can tag yourself at different concert venues right. and artists and then,
0: yeah. yeah i'm doing less and less of that now <laughs> yeah <laughs> right right because i don't want facebook to start building up a little profile on me i mean oh, they're yeah. doing it already yeah yeah they're yeah, already yeah. doing yeah. it yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. i i guess i'm being more careful about putting out what information that you information. have to be yeah you have to be
1: you have to be i don't post uh, uh a lot of pictures yeah of my son On Facebook, you know, most of the stuff that I put is me. So, you know, if there's some danger in that, then I'll have to deal with the 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 ramifications of that. But I try not to put him uh, out there on social media. Uh, My his his mother and I both agreed that that would be a, a good way to protect him, at least you know at this tender age of six <laughs> and maybe when he's 18 or whatever you know he'll have his own facebook page and be doing his own thing but yeah that that, that was something that we wanted to do so i feel you on not putting too much out there
0: yes but i have a little one-year-old and when he was born you know people rushed to put up pictures of their newborn baby and you know all of his accomplishments you know Mm-hmm. However minute they really are to right. so us, like, oh, he said, Google. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, my wife she be quick to rush up and like, hey, you know, uh, you know yeah. do all that. <clears throat> Not yeah. all the time, right? There, there right. are some stuff I don't mind sharing with people, but man,
1: yeah, some people put all their stuff out oh. there, and and I don't think that's the 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 right medium, right, uh, for that. Um, but
0: <laughs> Man, you know the posts that get me when people put up, like, plates of food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They be looking like dog food. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I'm about to smash this. <laughs> like, man, you had to share that with
1: us? Like, right, come on, right, 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 right. I'm looking for the, the person that's going to keep it real, though, and throw the ramen noodles up
0: there.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. With the, with the extra pepper. You know, and the extra packet of the flavoring from another ramen
0: noodle packet <laughs> and the toast. Uh, now You got ramen noodles and shrimp.
1: That's, and shrimp. And uh. shrimp.
0: That's real. <laughs> That's gourmet, man. That's gourmet eating. Next level. That's uh. next level. That's man. just above broke. <laughs> <laughs> well, the shrimp,
1: man, is kind of, you know. That's a little extra right there. Where you getting shrimp? You getting the all the frozen shrimp to to yeah, on the ramen? Okay, 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 of okay, course. okay. I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. That's when you
0: feeling bougie, like <laughs> hey, hey, girl, I'm about to hook this. Up. Man, we about to feast. <laughs> oh no! Nah, you, if you really want to go all the way out, you get some ramen noodles, some shrimp, and some stir fry. <laughs> Have yourself a little Chinese. Cuisine, yeah, you you right? Know. Yeah, <laughs> five dollars. Five dollars. I'm telling you, you can feed the family. <laughs> Everybody eat tonight. <the> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and getting full. And getting full. And getting full. And going to bed happy. <laughs> if you want to splurge, you can get some all these ice cream, little right. bucket of ice cream. You right. know, that'll last you about a month, <laughs> depending on your family size, before it freezes over. Before it freezes over. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm telling you, man. Look, got to eat. <laughs> that's, that's good eating. <laughs> yeah, I know the listeners probably don't know what we're talking about. Somebody does. Somebody so, does. Somebody
1: does. Somebody in a college dormitory uh, right now, like I'm going to all
0: right. to get some shrimp. See, we we touching somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Let let the struggle touch you. <laughs> 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 gotta survive. Uh, <laughs> gotta survive. But man, we're we're gonna go into the next segment of our uh, of the show here, and this is called Lesson Learned, and this is where you tell me, you know, I, let me call let me call it hashtag Lesson Learned, okay? Because okay. I'm gonna start a little campaign, you know. We'll see how it goes, but it's just something I'm it's in my brain. Sure. But this is where you tell me a story of you know something you've gone through or something that happened to in your life, whether it's comedic funny or whether it's serious and it's just the lesson that you gained from that thing
1: oh wow Ooh, i got a couple stories kind of brewing in my head right now
0: nah, tell them both we got time <laughs> tell them both. I, I got plenty of memory
1: <laughs> all right so the the first thing would be um the lesson that i learned um through uh my early adult years you know um 17 to about 25. In those years, I graduated from high school and went to college. And uh, earlier in the show, we were talking about, you know, me uh, transitioning from high school and and going to college to play ball. And um, what I learned was to believe in myself. Mm. I used to – I I didn't think very highly of my – abilities, you know, just as a player in reference to playing basketball. I I thought I was okay, Mm -hmm. just okay. I didn't think I was a superstar, Um, but that doubt and not believing that I could be great is what I think kept me from being great. I've played in many venues, many gyms across the city, you know, in different uh, states. I've played ball and I always get You know, uh, accolades from other players. Man, you know, you're killing, you know, whatever. And uh, I think that I could have been hmm, maybe not in the NBA. Maybe not NBA. Still playing myself short. Still. (laughs) But definitely some overseas ball or something like that. And it was a dream to play ball. You know what I'm saying? So uh, because I didn't believe in myself enough to pursue that dream to the maximum, I feel like I didn't get to see what it could be. Okay. So the lesson that I learned um, in that experience is to never doubt myself. And it's kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing now with the music and the poetry. You know, I love to write. I love music. So regardless of what anybody else thinks about what I'm doing, I'm going to do it because I love doing it. You know, Uh, so that was the lesson learned there. Uh, Quick question. Sure.
0: sure. At what stage at what stage in your life do you think that you learned that lesson? What stage? Um, Or just I mean, what did you have? a? uh, What's that word? Did you have an epiphany or once it was gone? Okay.
1: Once the opportunity was gone. okay, I looked back and was like, I could have made much more Mm. out of that experience. You know, once my four years of eligibility were up at the small school in Wisconsin, Edgewood, um, I looked back like, you know, I did what the coaches wanted me to do. I played my role. We were a successful team, a winning team. I think we won the conference every year that I was there. So it wasn't like it was a a failed experience. All we did was win. But the individual player that I think I had the talent to be, I never tried that. I never took the last second shot. I never, uh, you know, tried to poster Put somebody on a poster. Mm-hmm. You know, the one time I did that, my dad was at the game, and I told him before the game, I said, I'm going a, I'm to a dunk one for you today. And he laughed like, get out of here, boy. You know, so I had to do it. Right. Went right up the gut and dunked on somebody and pointed to him. In the in the stands as I was running back on defense, you know, so that that was actually one of the highlights in college. But um, it was after all of that was over that I started looking at myself like, man, I could have done more. I, I, I if I had pushed myself, if I had worked out more, if I had uh, practiced dribbling more, if I had done more, I could have been a whole lot better. So it was pretty much once the opportunity had passed that I looked like I could have made more out of that. Okay. So. Yeah. That was when I learned that lesson. All right. Yes. Uh let's see. The other lesson. <clears throat> hmm. 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 I was just a freshman.
0: All right. <laughs> yeah?
1: I was just a freshman. I many
0: lessons to learned there. Yeah. <laughs> I was just a freshman.
1: And and this is actually something uh that I learned about myself i don't know if i should talk about that bro no man that's (laughs) the one you need to share right there (laughs) that's the one go ahead man yeah so (laughs) it's something i learned about myself uh so i was a freshman and uh i was talking to a, a senior and you know we were seeing each other and uh we would get together and you know um uh, make out would be the term. You know, we'd make out, you know, kissing and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, I realized later that what she was doing was testing me out. She was testing to see if I was ready. To... Wait, wait, how so? So, you know, depending on how you react to certain situations, we'll let somebody know if you're ready to go to the next level. Okay. You know what I'm saying? If, you know, if you uh, hug a young lady and, and, and she kind of backs away from you, uh, she might not be comfortable, you know, in her own skin. She might not be comfortable with you touching her. Uh, okay. She might not be accustomed to that level of intimacy. You know, there are certain signs in the body language that you can get. Right. And so I didn't know this because I was just a freshman. Just a freshman. But looking back, she was, she was testing me out. She was trying, And she was a senior. So this, this, this wasn't anything new for her. It was just new for me. So she was trying to see if I could meet her on her level okay. during these little you know, times that we would hook up. So finally, it got to the point where she was like, yeah, let's, let's make this thing happen. And I was like, "We could have been made this thing happen." You know what I mean? That's what that's what I'm thinking, young strapping lad such as myself. <laughs> okay. Let's let's do this, girl. So you know, not to get too explicit, but. uh oh, man. Nah, i like, said
0: no. Nah, 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 get, get explicit.
1: <laughs> so. Uh, um, we wait, you know, for the opportunity to present itself. Right. And those of you listeners out there know what I'm talking about. When mom and dad is at work, and you supposed to be at school or somewhere else, and you go back to the house. So, we waited for that opportunity. Uh, you know, we started off with our normal little making out routine. Right. And then uh, clothes started to fall. Oh, they started to fall. Oh, yeah, they started to fall. They They started started to fall. Yeah, clothes started to fall. Mm, The peel-off kind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Clothes started to fall, (laughs) right? And so, uh, you know, we get to the point, she's like, okay, you know, you ready? Yes, yes, let's do this. Let's, you know, what's up? Uh, So I get there. I get on top. Mm. And I give it... mm, I want to say three pumps because this is being re- recorded. But I think it was truly one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was truly one and a half. And... uh Mm. popped off. I'm done.
0: Wait. I'm done. You wasn't even a two pump jump. No? <laughs> no, no. No, no. It was no, a half.
1: No. No. Now see, you know, if I need to explain myself, I need to talk about again, let's revisit the build up to this point. It God. had been months, right? Right. Right. <laughs> the anticipation. Yeah, yeah. And we finally here. So, you right. know. But but I wasn't thinking it was going to be like that, bro. Right. I wasn't thinking that at all. So, like I said, w- I'm going to say three. Mm. I'm going to say three, but it was really like one and a half pumps. Done. Mm. Right? And so let me tell you, what I liked about her is that she didn't give up on me at that point. You know, you got a lot of sisters that be like, oh, hell no. You know mm. what I mean? You you start, you know, uh, emasculate, emasculating you at that point. You ain't nothing. You ain't this. You ain't to get out. You know, all of that kind right. of stuff. Uh, you know, I, I watch plenty of movies, mm-hmm. so I know how women respond to the, I mean, there was even a, a didn't Missy have a Minute Man song? Right. You know I mean, it was music made about this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I fell right into that category, Oof. at least at that point, right? So she didn't give up on me. As a matter of fact, she was very understanding. And she, and, and she was like, it's okay. She wow. said, "She said it's okay.
0: Okay. Mm. We're gonna go again. What did she, she pat you on your your shoulder? No, no, no. She, you know, she kind of,
1: she kind of held me close and she was like, We're gonna, we're gonna gonna go again.
0: (laughs) Well, you like, hold me.
1: (laughs) I wasn't, I wasn't, I was embarrassed, dog. I was, I was embarrassed. Like, sit on the edge of the bed. Like, that wasn't supposed to happen. You know what I'm saying? So she worked with me, got me to a point where I was ready to go again. Okay. So now let me tell you this. I was ready then. Of course. I, that first one is out the way. Out the way. So now I know, oh, it's this about to be your ass right here. You know, that's what I'm thinking. This this mm-hmm. this it's about the first one gone. Yeah. So then she goes, All right, I'm gonna get on top. Mm. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's perfect because that ain't even my favorite position. So not only is it your ass because the first one gone, right. but you're going to get up here and do your uh, – go ahead. Drive <laughs> yourself crazy, whatever you want to do, right? Right. So she climbs <clears throat> up there, bro, and uh, she give me two – are uh, these little deep swirl moves, ladies? You know what I'm talking about. When you're up there, you you dig the, the 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 rotation in a little bit. It's not like just a regular bounce up and down. It's when you rotate the hips into the grind. She gave me two of them swirls. I call them swirls. Right. Two of them. Two. Two. And I had to tap out. Hey, hey, hey! Get up. <laughs> <laughs> Get up. Ah. Hey, 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 get up. Get up. Right. So what we're talking about right now. Bro.
0: Yeah, I'm looking for the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: What we're talking about right now is two quick ones. Now, biologically, that shouldn't even be possible. I don't I didn't think that the, the human body could make semen that <laughs> that quick. Right. right? But, I promise you it was one and a half and then two swirls and I was out of there. Out again. Never heard from her again. Yeah. And because of that, I turned into an animal. Mm. Every experience I had to redeem myself because of the embarrassment that I felt in that experience. She totally cut me off. Like I said, to this day I have not heard from her. To this day, and we went to school together, dude. Have not talked to her at all. But that experience kind of shaped me in a in a, in a negative way mm-hmm. as it relates to intimacy. Okay. You know, if we if we're gonna bring the lesson in, so now I'm gonna bring the lesson in from that story, which was kind of wild, but. Uh, it wasn't until recently that I I, I realized that it wasn't just about the physical aspect of intimacy, you know, how many, how many different positions I can put in and, you know, can I make a scream and can I do this and can I do that? I was really not tuned in to the person that I was with because of that experience over 20 some years ago. So now I'm getting to the point now where now that I realize that's not what it's about, Mm. It's about something different. It's about closeness. It's about connection. It's about intimacy. It's about passion. All of those things I didn't have in my game because I was trying to make up for that
0: one, right.
1: one pump, two that, swirls. That L you took. Yeah, absolutely. Two L's, brother. Don't. don't. <laughs> it was two. Two L's. I, I was took. giving you one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it, 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 you know... Uh, in retrospect of course looking back on that experience i can see how that shaped um, my sexual presence um, from that point on and it wasn't until recently that i learned the lesson about having a connection and how much um, honestly do that that love has to be a part of that sexual experience It has to be more than just, you know, it's a lot of songs, a lot of music and stuff about one night stands and just hitting and quitting and all of that stuff. You're not going to get the type of satisfaction from those experiences that you would when it's somebody that's really special to you. It's somebody that you really connected to. Mm -hmm. And that just in case, you know, you do Mm -hmm. pop off pretty quick. Right. They still going to love you. Right. <laughs> right. Now, let me just say for the record, since this is being recorded, that ain't, that ain't happening. You got
0: the same face. <laughs> that ain't happened in a long time. But, <laughs> but you know what, man? Every man on earth has that story. <sighs> really? Every man
1: wow. has that story. Well, I don't. I don't hear a lot of men sharing that story. Nah, you know what nah, I
0: mean? nah. That that that's kept within the bedroom <laughs> and, and deep, deep, deep. Nah, man. Within our memory. Hey. Hey. It it changed me. Yeah. It
1: changed me. I wanted to be uh I, I would say Mr. Marcus, but you know, he caught that bad package, so can't can't yeah. can't be that brother. But I, I modeled myself after those guys. I wanted to be a professional. I hear that. Like, not in the industry, but for anybody who came my way, oh you want a piece of this? Right. Oh, well here come this handstand for your girl. <laughs>
0: you <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> know. Part of me, the curious side of me is like, all right, so what techniques did you learn <laughs> that you study to get yourself to
1: optimum level? So once again, once again, I got to say, those movies, that the, they didn't really help me nah. at all with where I needed to be as right. far as a, a, a sexual relationship. It What those movies taught me were about camera angles. That's what I learned. You know, these different positions were they used those certain positions because of the camera angles they wanted to be able to show everything that was happening not because it was passionate not because it was the best way to do it it was just so that those voyeurs that were watching would be able to see everything so while i'm mimicking these moves i'm realizing i can't see nothing
0: nah i want to see just like i see in the movies so, you know. Uh, you could see uh, when you do those moves that you can see there's no connection. None. None. No connection. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. So
1: the lesson learned, that lesson took me 40 years. Wow. 40 years. Well, I can't claim all 40 because I was a teenager when that happened. So let's shave 10 years. 30 years it took me years. to learn about intimacy. Right. Yeah. But,
0: but you know what you learned? Yes, And there's some, there some men in their 40s and 50s, Yeah, haven't learned yet. Yeah. yeah. Out there just wanging. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's what some ladies are looking for, you know. It's amazing what the world is like now, man, true. compared to how it was back in the day, dude. Very true. Women are so forward these days. They'll let you know up front, hey, listen, I don't want nothing serious. All I want is what, what, what that face do, That mm. right? what they be talking about, you know, the guys, what that mouth do, you know. How you approaching the lady? Really? Where the where the seduction at? Where's the girl? Your eyes are so beautiful. You know where is that at? Nah, Maybe that's played out. Right, right that's they? that's lame now. <laughs> it's funny,
0: dude. dude. Talking about my eyes. These contacts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he don't even know these contacts. But yeah, that's man. dope, man. That's
0: dope. <laughs> you, you learn the lessons, man. Yeah. You learn. Yeah, yeah indeed. All right, well, we're going to wrap up, but before we get out of here, I know you you dropped a new new single for the people, for the children. Right, right. Called Gators. Yeah. Called yeah. Gators, and you know, after we get off the air, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play that for the people. But tell me, man, what's going on with Gators? So, uh, Gators, uh, when I heard the track, mm-hmm.
1: it had a very Chicago feel to it. Mm-hmm. Mellow, laid back, but it hit hard. Okay. And that's what I liked about it. You know, I'm a true bass head. Uh, so when the, when the, when the bass line came in there, I was like, oh, yeah, right? And so um, I was trying to th- – the first thing I thought, honestly, was pimp. Mm. It had kind of like – I could imagine somebody, you know, uh, Dolomite style, long fur coat, you know, just cruising down the avenue, you know what I'm saying? I, I, this was the imagery that I got when I heard this, the, the beat, just the beat. So when I thought about Chicago, I thought about our style, our sense of style. You know, you're always going to see us dressed to the T's. To you know, when we do it, we do it all the way. Everything's going to be matching everything else.
0: Yes, sir. No
1: stone will be left unturned in this yes. fashion. Uh, you know, the tip of the, of the collar is going to match some pattern in the socks. You know, what I'm it's going to be something like that. And so I thought about alligator skin shoes. Okay. You know so when I thought about alligator skin shoes, I took that idea and wrapped the rest of the song around it. I'm talking about an alligator, which you know everybody knows is a very dangerous animal,
0: mm-hmm.
1: metaphorically. I'm that alligator. Mm-hmm. Not only am I the alligator, but I'm better than the alligator because I got on alligator skin shoes. Okay so the, the animal that everybody is so fearful of being killed by. Don't worry about that animal. Watch out for me. I'm a gator. So I did that, uh, recorded it, and a young lady, another artist named Kai Love, she heard what I did, and she liked it, and she liked the track too, and she was like, you got to let me do something to it. And I was like, oh, you feeling that? Mm -hmm. She was like, yeah, absolutely. So I I, I think it took her two days, bro, two days, and she wrote her part we went back in and we recorded it, and she killed it. So when she, if she hadn't jumped on there, it was just a, a, a an idea. It was really just a concept. But mm-hmm. when she got on the track, and and spit how she spit, she killed it. I was like, we gotta release this. Yeah. So, Gators right now is on SoundCloud. You know, if y'all want to check that out, uh, type in Savant Furlough. Uh, you'll find my page and Gators is on there. Right now, I think it's been out for four days and we up to, I think it's like 120 something uh, listens, Mm -hmm. which is cool. That's the most that uh, any of the stuff that I've released has, has gotten, at least on SoundCloud. So I'm real happy about it, man. Okay. Are you making it downloadable
0: or are you just sharing yeah, it right you know, now?
1: Right now we just sharing it Okay. Um, just to try and uh, there's there a couple reasons. We trying to, you know, kind of put some more light another fire under my sophomore CD, you know, get some more units sold, okay. you know, by displaying some of the talent. Uh, also, Kai Love is going to be releasing her first EP. Uh, in March uh called Little Star. Y'all check that out if you don't have it already. Uh so we were trying to create a buzz for her as well. Okay. So it was a real serious collab where we both had something vested in the outcome of this project. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right everybody, you heard it. My man Savant Furlough.
1: What's in the deck? Uh, what's in rotation?
0: All oh, right, right. Yeah, Thank you, man. Yeah, you reminded you. me of yeah, my yeah, own yeah, show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you, my brother. I I I forgot.
1: I got you, man. I got so, you. So, what what's
0: in your ear, man? What you listening what's to? What's in my ear?
1: I will tell you, dude. So, uh, uh, Jay Davy. I don't know if you heard of him. Jay is a young lady and a guy. Um, they are. Soulful, uh, but they're a little abstract in their beats. So they beats are just sick. And uh the, the vocalist Jay Davy, she she's kinda got like a uh alternative sound, okay. but with a soulful spin to it. You Jay Davy. Jay Davy Raw. They got a uh they got a song called Rain Check. Uh that one stays in rotation uh only because you know it's it's basically she's talking about you know the the hook is I think I wanna love you, but i I think I need a rain check, okay, I really wanna love you is what she's saying. I really wanna love you, but I think I need a rain check and since I've been single, I've run into a lot of people, you know I'm not ready for a serious relationship, but I've met a lot of people that I'm like, man, she's really cool,
0: okay,
1: I really wanna love you but I think I need a rain check. So I I connect with that song. It it touches me like, man. And then on the same album, uh, which is called Evil Christian Cop, um, they got an instrumental on there called Trans.
0: Wait. Rewind. Did you know yeah. evil what? Evil Christian Cop. Evil Christian Cop. This, yeah. okay, That's the name ahead, of the
1: album that I've been bumping by Jay Davey. Okay. Yeah. Evil Christian Cop. Uh, they have an instrumental on there called Trans. Okay. And without any vocals whatsoever, I love it. I play that over and over and i think i'm i'm probably gonna write something to it because i feel something when i listen to it so okay. jay Davy, that's who's in jay that, that's who's in rotation that's what's in my ear right now oh what's this artist based out of uh i'm not sure okay quite honestly somebody else put me up on most of the stuff okay. that i get up on somebody else like hey man check this out okay i had a cousin uh who's been into music since we were kids and he used he's the one that put me up on slum village when they first came out, I'm like, this is the new tribe right, right here. I ain't know nothing about Slum Village till he put me on. He put me on to um, trying to think of some of the other artists he put me up on. Um, you know, Kanye, of course, when Kanye first started dropping his stuff, um, he put me up on, um, what was the name of that group? Uh, Estero. Don't know if you I know Astero. he put me up on Damn. them. he put me up on uh, uh was it Daft Punk? I know Daft Punk. He put me up on. I mean I just I knew them
0: before Kanye <laughs> before Kanye got with You him.
1: see what I'm saying? So he 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 was always on the cusp of the newest music. Okay. And he would always put me on because he knew anything bass heavy, he knew I was going to love. So got anytime it. he caught something, he'd be like, "Hey, hey cuz, check this out. Check this out." Shout out to you, Sean.
0: Appreciate you, bro. Jay Davies. I gotta check that out. Yeah, man. They tight. They tight. You know, I might play. If I can find it, I'll play a little bit at the end of this show here. Okay. All right. All right, man. Well, look, <laughs> it's good to have you. Appreciate it, man. I'm 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 uh excited
1: about uh being a part of this, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Ken J, Blacklight. Out. Peace. <laughs>
2: a piece of you <laughs> i tell you what you need to do retreat turn around and beat the street mean as this thing is peaceful could change to injury dangerous enough to make it painless you might think it's a game but its name is famous you can believe what you see or stay oblivious yes. so serious uh-huh. period yeah they call it a killer but oh so mysteriously what's killing to me i got that killer on my feet